0: Well, tonight we thank God for this wonderful opportunity that he has uh, ordained for us to join together again around the table of his word. We are going to open up our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, for what you have done for us and in us. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace that has brought us this far. And tonight, Lord, we join together in one accord to hear from you. And we thank you that by your power and grace, You are working in us to make us able and willing to be pleasing to you. We thank you for this readiness of heart, trusting that the word that you have for us today will fall on good soil and yield much fruit, fruit that will change our lives and abound in such a way that it will overflow into the lives of others. We thank you for this wonderful plan that you have for us to give us a future and an expected end. We willingly submit to the lordship of your word, to the lordship of your spirit, and you, we ask you, oh Lord, to have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is Reverend Rosemary, and I thank God for being able to join again with everyone to study the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And tonight, um, the Lord has a word for us,
1: um, which I have entitled a treasure to God, a treasure to God. Hallelujah. And I believe that this,
0: our study will probably be um, maybe two or three parts. Um, the first one being what we are going to receive today, which is going to focus on the treasure within us. Amen. Who we are in Christ. And then we will flow in the next weeks in uh, studying about the w- what our life is represents. In other words, what is this potential that God has deposited in us and how we are to use that potential, amen, to advance the kingdom of God. So let's go ahead and start tonight um, in looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Uh, in, in that verse, the Apostle Paul declares that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Now, what is Paul referring to when he speaks about this treasure that we have in earthen vessels. What he is essentially saying is that a born again person has has a treasure within him or her. And the purpose of his or her life is to utilize this treasure to become a treasure to God. Amen. Therefore, you see, it is crucial uh, that this treasure be kept, that it be cherished above all. Uh, listen to uh, Paul; he had an admonition for Timothy, and uh, in Second Timothy chapter four and verse fourteen, he is. Uh, we see him writing here to Timothy, and he says to him
1: that. Good thing in 2 Timothy 1, verse 14. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. That good thing. You see, there is a good thing that God had deposited in Timothy. And Paul wanted to make sure that he, that is Timothy, was aware of it. And he not only was, you know, had that knowledge, but that he did everything in his power to keep that good thing. How was he going to do it? By the Holy Ghost who dwells in us. Amen. It is not by power, it is not by might, but it is by the Spirit of God at work in us, amen, that we are able to be who God called us to be and to do what He has called us to do. God is a very strategic God, He is a God of purpose, amen, and He does what He determines with favorable results in mind. And he always has a plan and he is always able to work it out no matter what. Amen. So we are not to look at the impossibilities around us. We are not to look at the hindrances, amen, that um, would lend us to 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 believe that this objective of God that He has to care, that He wants to carry out of our lives, it's, it's undoable. It is impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. He is the one who orchestrates the plan. He is the one by his power, by his spirit, who works it out. He already has the strategy. Amen. On how he's going to carry it out. And when it comes to our deliverance, amen, that is first, I mean, top on his list because he knows that we have an enemy who has come to steal, kill and destroy. But in spite of that, he says, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life in abundance, which means that whatever God has for us, and he has deposited in us is greater than whatever is going on in the realm of darkness, whatever plans that the enemy may try to to work against us. Amen. Uh, We are told that in in 1 John 4, 4, that's the epistle of John, chapter 4 and verse 4, that we are of God, Amen. And we have overcome them. Amen. Why? Because greater is he that is the spirit of God, God that is in us, than he that is in the world. Praise God. So God always has a strategy for our deliverance. Amen. And he created, the Bible tells us, one time. Whatever he wanted to do with creation, we see it written in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter right there, the chapter on creation. And the Bible tells us that when God, after God had created all that he had in his heart to do, then God rested. Amen. And so we actually, in Genesis chapter two and verse two, the Bible tells us that on on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, amen. And, um, And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Praise God, hallelujah. So God entered into a position of rest and nothing, would disturb him from that position and we we see that when satan came and disrupted the flow of you know god's spirit through mankind um by you know inciting adam and eve to sin god had already a plan of redemption the bible tells us that the lamb of god was sacrificed from the foundation of the world, hallelujah. And in the realm of the spirit that was already carried out. And we see that um, the reflection again of this resting of God, knowing that what he has done was forever and could never be overthrown, no matter what the enemy had done, that he always has a plan of deliverance, a plan of redemption, a plan of rescue, a plan of restoration to his original purposes. Hallelujah. We see in, for example, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, we are told to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we see that God started it. Hallelujah. Jesus started it and he was going he's going to finish it amen he is the author and the finisher he never leaves anything undone and then he, the, this verse goes on to say who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god hallelujah so we see here that God is fully satisfied with this, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who brings uh, everything back to its original position. Amen. God is a God of restoration. He is the author and he is the finisher. He starts something and he finishes it. And after he finishes it, he sits down and enjoys what he has done. And Jesus here looking at what he was actually, had done, amen. Or even when, as he was walking on the earth, knowing what his, the, the cross would accomplish, he was in perfect peace. He was in, at rest, amen, knowing that his mission could not be thwarted by the enemy. And so he the, the we are told here in Hebrews 12 that seeing ahead what lay ahead he rejoiced he endured the cross he actually rejoiced and that this joy allowed him to endure the cross why because He saw ahead what was going on. He saw the restoration that his death, burial, resurrection, hallelujah, was going to bring to humanity. And he is now set down at the right hand of God. So you see, whatever God does, he's telling us that he does it forever. We don't have to worry. Amen. Once we have God on our side, then what we need to do now is to rest in him. He is already resting. So he's telling us, understand who I am so that you may know who you are and rest in me. Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse 14 tells us that whatever God does shall be forever. Amen. Whatever God does shall be forever. And we are also, uh, you know, another verse that, you know, confirms this um, is Psalm 119 and verse 89, which tells us that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. In other words, it is forever established. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 119 and verse 89. Amen. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. What we are to do, amen, as believers in Christ, new creation in him. Hallelujah. We are to take the God at his word, which is forever established in heaven and by our faith. Establish it right here on the earth. That's why Jesus taught the disciples to pray when they said, uh, You know, Master, teach us to pray. And he says, Here is how you are to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Listen to this Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God has left us here on the earth. So that we can establish his will that is already settled in heaven here on the earth. He has made provision so that we are able to carry this out. Praise God. He God created man and deposit, deposited in him the, this an ability in a form of a seed, and that ability is destined to reproduce and perpetuate God himself in our lives that's why he's telling the disciples that his will shall be done in heaven as it is on earth and we know that Jesus has now gone back to the father and is seated at the right hand of the father however he has left us his spirit who is now indwelling us And through his spirit, we are able to bring his perfect will on the earth to work together with God to establish his kingdom on the earth, reproducing and perpetuating God in our lives, hallelujah, and working together with him so that others can tap into that, come into this union, hallelujah. And have God reproduced in their lives as well. Praise God. That's why the Bible tells us, if any man be in Christ, he is the a new creation. Hallelujah! And we just uh, read from First John chapter four and v- verse four that it says the verse starts by saying, "Ye are of God, little children." Amen. Ye are of God. And therefore, as, and he says, little children, so not only we are of him, of his nature, now that we are born again, again, hallelujah. But he says, we are his children. And we, as children, we are to live as our father lives, hallelujah. We are to demonstrate his nature, and we are to demonstrate his character here on earth. We are the reproduction of our father, amen. Actually, first Peter, let's go ahead and turn to first Peter chapter one and verse 23, which says this, we are born again, he says, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. So notice that we are born again by what, or should I say even who? Because the word of God is a person. Amen. We are born again by
1: the word of God, which is incorruptible. Praise God. Because the word is Jesus. And uh,
0: not only that it is incorruptible, but because of its incorruptible, oh, incorruptibility, it lives and abides forever. Amen. God's idea when he created man was that man would bear his image and likeness. We see that see this in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter. We're not going to turn to it, but the verses, they are like verses uh, 26 to verse 28, which tells us that God created man in his image and likeness. And then we go even further into uh, actually the next chapter, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, which tells us that God deposited his own breath, amen, in man. In other words, the broad breath here is the word ruhak, in Hebrew, which means spirit, so God took off his spirit and deposited it into man so that man can bear his image and likeness hallelujah! And so we see that because of the fall, amen, man was uh, had lost the glory of God, was deprived of the glory of God, had lost that image, however, through faith in the Jesus, amen, to his finished work on the cross. We are now our new creations in Christ and we have put on incorruptibility in a sense. Uh, we, have be- we are born of this incorruptible seed we- and we have-, we, be- we have this nature now which men had lost in the garden and so the Word of God, is the channel if I can say through which we become we begin this uh, incorruptibility and we get eternal life. The word is as we saw in 1 Peter 1:23 incorruptible it lives and it abides forever. amen. So the word is incorruptible and the word is, eternal. Another uh, scripture that I would like to look at, I do believe it's important because there are so many uh, winds of doctrines that are you know, blowing all over uh, the, 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 the world that we really have to know that when the Bible tells us that um, the word of God, you know the seed, the seed of the word of God lives and abides forever. Uh, that God is is not about changing His mind. Amen. God does something, and He does it forever. Um, in Hebrews chapter one, I'm going to quickly read that passage. Hebrews chapter one, and I'm going to read from verse one to verse three. Amen. Hebrews 11, sorry, Hebrews 1, verses one to three. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a very loaded uh, passage. Um, I just want to underline A couple of things here. Um, The fact that it is God who spoke, amen. Um, He he spoke in, it says in diverse times, how it says to the fathers and the prophets. He says, but in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his son. Now, this is an indication to us that if scriptures who were written then is telling us, are telling us that God has
1: spoken in these last days. It means that at the time when these scriptures were written, they had,
0: humanity had already entered a period called these last days. And during these last days, God spoke how? By his son. So the manifestation of the son of God on the earth ushered in the last days. So one person can ask, so how is it that nowadays we are saying that we are living in the last days? Well, we have to understand that the last days is a period of time which lasts however long God knows that it's going to last. We don't know how long, amen, but God does. However, we have entered into these last days by the manifestation of the Son of God who himself has spoken, amen. And whatever he has said cannot be changed by any other voice because there are voices out there that are telling you that we are getting this new revelation about this or about that, uh, or that you know the word of God is uh, outdated and there is a new revelation that you have to understand or there is a new word out there. Well, no in these last days means last. Not, nothing else comes after last. The word of God that was spoken to us by the son of God is the final word that God has given to his church, to his people, hallelujah. And the, we, we are told further in, in these verses, in verse three, that God upholds all things by the word of his power. Amen. Not only has he created the worlds by that, by the, the word, but he upholds everything that he has created and everything that he has said by that same word. Amen. So no other voice can replace that which God has said, has spoken. Any other voice is a lie and therefore should not be followed. Amen.
1: So, The word of God endures forever, it is eternal. God is not a wishy-washy
0: God yesterday and no tomorrow. Jesus says heaven and earth shall pass away but not one yota of my word will remain unfulfilled.
1: God not only creates but he upholds which means that everything that he says or does
0: is created with the purpose of remaining forever. The word of God endures, amen. And so um, the, we see that um, this is the character, amen. in fact it's the nature of the word of God to endure and to preserve itself because by nature it is incorruptible. And this is, if I can say, a a message for us as to how we are to build our lives. We are to build our lives on the word, amen, not on what the world system is teaching us. If uh, whatever is going on in the world, if that contradicts uh, the word of
1: God, then we need to know, that there is only one way to go. It is the word of
0: God, because it is that way. It is that word that is going to endure. Jesus says build our, that we are to build our house on the rock, and he is the rock. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, because anything else means that we are building on shifting sand and it will not endure. It will not endure the storms of life. It will not endure the rains, the heavy rains. It will not endure the, the, the shaking. It will crumble and fall in pieces. However, the word of God endures forever, and we are born of that word, in which means that God has given, deposited something in us that is powerful, that is indestructible, and we are to recognize this. We have to understand that this is who we are now in Christ. Amen. Um, you, you see in Genesis chapter one, and um, we see that there there is a, a strategy. God does, just doesn't do things haphazardly or by accident. He does it for a purpose. He's a God of purpose. And in uh, Genesis one and verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Notice the words whose seed is in itself. This is inferring or concluding that self-perpetuating ability without interruption was deposited inside
1: God's creation. Amen. So each one of us, every born again child of God must work with God to discover
0: the fullness of the seed that God has placed within him or her. Then we can position ourselves to bring it to pass. But if we don't know, first of all, that we are who God says we are, hallelujah, that we have this seed, that we are born of this seed, hallelujah, and that by his spirit, we can, find out, we can discover the potential that he has deposited in us, then there is no way that we can bring it to pass. But if we yield to God and we desire to know, we cooperate with him, we can enter into that, that place where we understand the fullness of what he has deposited in us, amen. You know, the Bible tells us that we are complete in him. Amen. We are complete in him. Actually, um, Colossians chapter two, verses nine and 10 says that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily that is in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, and ye are complete in him. Hallelujah, which is the head of all principality and power. So if we are complete in Christ,
1: we are are well able to come to a place where we understand the fullness, amen, that, that
0: Christ has brought into our life, amen, and we are not lacking anything. And notice that it says he is the head of all principality and power. Well, Ephesians chapter two and verse six says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. So if we are complete in him and we are seated with him in heavenly places and he's the head of all principality and power which means that we are where he is. We are seated with him. He is the head of all principality and power. So the question is what demon of hell or what evil spirit or what plan of the enemy can undo what God wants to do in our life if we understand and we work together with him to bring to pass his plans, his purposes that he has strategically designed and deposited inside of us. Hallelujah. You see, a born again person likes nothing. We are complete in Christ and he is full of potential He's brought that potential into us and that potential must be developed. That's why we are told, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in us, the hope and glory. So when God made man, he deposited in him this, his, his own indomitable spirit, which is full
1: of possibilities. And This potential is God wants it to manifest powerfully in the earth. And he gives us and has given us ability to do and
0: to become. Amen. Remember remember when God visited Abraham, what did he tell Abraham? He didn't just tell him, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to, you know, give you your heart's desire, this child that you've always wanted. He says, no, not only that, it's much more than that. It's greater than you. He says, I will make you a blessing. Amen. God always wants to make us blessings so that our lives can overflow into humanity, into the lives of others. You know, um, we are called... Uh, workers together with God. These are ways that you know, the, the believers are defined in the book of 1 uh, Corinthians. Uh, another definition for uh, believers um, is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we are called ambassadors. Actually, verse 20, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are ambassadors of, of Christ, of God here. Uh, the, the two verse, verses prior to that, verse 18, says that we are ministers of reconciliation. In other words, we are, God is using us as vessels that, as he flows through us to reconcile others unto
1: him. Praise God. So we are here to be, just like Abraham, a blessing. Praise God.
0: Amen. And so uh, God has great plans for us. This indomitable spirit, which is full of possibilities must be manifested powerfully in this earth. So the seed that is in us is very good. And whatever situation that we are facing, we are not to many, if it's negative, we are not to look at it from the enemy's uh, angle. Amen, which is exactly what he wants us to do. But rather, we should always remember that we have a good seed inside of us. Amen, that seed is eternal. That seed is never ending. And that seed is called to perpetuate itself. So our focus should not be on the circumstances, but rather on that which is eternal, that which is without interruption. Amen. We are commended in 2nd Corinthians chapter four and verse 18. Let's go ahead and turn to that passage. 2nd Corinthians chapter four and verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal
1: amen so what is god telling us here he's telling us that the things that we see with our natural eyes they're temporary but we must focus on the spiritual realm but not
0: just any Thing from the spirit because the enemy dwells in the realm of the spirit also. We ought to focus on his word, hallelujah. We are to focus on what he says. We are to focus on what the Holy Spirit inside of us can connect to and the Holy Spirit of God can only connect with the word of God. And that is why Paul, the apostle Paul prayed for the, we see him praying for the church of Ephesus that Um, actually, let's go ahead and turn to that passage. Amen. It's so important for us to know, to have that revelation of this calling that God has for us and for the potential that he has deposited. It must be revealed to us by by his spirit. So the apostle Paul is praying for the church of Ephesus in uh, Ephesians chapter one, in verses 16 through 19. And we see here that Paul, In his prayer, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling? And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards all who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Amen. So we see here Paul praying for the saints, in other words, the believers in Eph- Ephesus for God to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know him, the eyes of their
1: understanding to be enlightened, that they may know the hope of the calling that God has for them.
0: So going back again to this great potential that God has deposited in us, which must be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, it is essential for us, hallelujah that we may know the riches of the glory of his inheritance, God's inheritance in the saints, in us. God has an inheritance in us, amen. And then what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, amen. God has a mighty power that he releases that works towards those who believe in him so that this potential can
1: be fully manifested in this earth. And so it's essential that we understand that our eyes must be opened, amen. Um, What we
0: see with the eyes of our heart must be more real to
1: us than what we see with our natural eyes. And the spirit of God is the one who enables us to see into that
0: realm. He's the one who opens our spiritual eyes so that we can know the Lord's calling. Not our, what we want for ourselves, but what God put us on this earth for. Hallelujah. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in in us, in the saints. And so um, God wants us to know, experience, and experience him intimately, to experience the greatness of this power um, as we trust, confidently trust in him, that we see the manifestation of that power, amen. And it's important for me to to also mention here that as much as we must uh, know who we are in Christ, it's also crucial that uh, we realize that the most important of this, of everything that we've been talking
1: about here is not just who we are called to be in Christ,
0: but who he is in us. Amen. Let me say this again. The most important thing for us is to realize who Christ is in us. Yes, we do need to know who we are called to be in him. But true faith is not built up by seeing who we are, but by seeing who he is first and foremost. So true vision comes from seeing him, who he is, where he now sits, and we will never be changed into his glory by just seeing who
1: we are, but by seeing him. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I don't.
0: Uh, you've probably read this passage in uh, Matthew chapter sixteen. Um, we won't have time to turn to that passage, but in your own time, you can read from verse. 13 to verse 18, where Jesus asks his disciples, who do do men say that he is? And they had all sorts of answers. And then he again then asked them, well, who do you yourself say that I am? And it was Simon Peter who said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus then told him that it wasn't flesh and blood who had revealed us unto him, but his father who is in heaven. Amen? What I want you to note from that is it was not until Peter got the revelation of who Jesus is that he could see who he himself, Peter, was in Christ. Hallelujah. Peter had to get that revelation of who Christ is. You are the son of God, he said. Hallelujah. And the son of the living God, You are the Christ. And Jesus says, you have well seen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But Peter could never find out who he was in Christ until he knew who Christ is or was. Well,
1: Christ is. Amen. Always. So without question, there is a high calling in Christ. And
0: when Paul was writing the book of Philippians near the end of his life, he stated that he did not think that he had yet attained. And he obviously was not talking about his salvation um, because we know that Paul was saved the day that he believed like any believer, amen. And so Paul is speaking about pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus in Philippians chapter three and verse 14. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul realized that this new man that he was, this new creation was created for something great, amen. Uh, And this greatness comes by actually being the dwelling place of God. Hallelujah. This is the greatest miracle of, of all, that God lives in us. The one who created the universe lives in each one of us. And that is why we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple, God's temple, and that God's spirit dwells in you? Amen.
1: So, If anyone begins to really live by this truth, he will be able to easily do what God does. Hallelujah, it's gonna be easy for him
0: to move mountains and drop them in the sea because this is what Jesus says. If you believe in my word, if you believe me, he says, you can speak to that mountain. Jesus said it, so when we understand that the greater one lives in us, hallelujah, then it's going to be so much easier for us rather than struggle and try to, you know, sometimes, you know, we beg, we beg God. We think that it's by begging. We, we, we just do so many things, so much hard work when actually what we need to do is allow the spirit of God to download The revelation of who Christ is, who lives in us. Amen. Allow the the eyes of our understanding to be opened to the miraculous power that resides in us, that we can see what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. And allowing Him then to become, or should I say, allowing ourselves to become one with Him in whatever he is doing. It is that fusion, that oneness that allows us to walk in his power. It is the key to the miraculous power of God, seeing what the Lord is, who the Lord is, seeing what he is doing and becoming one with him in it. So you see, there is no question of self-effort there. It is all by faith. Amen. And applying ourselves to walking in that faith. That's why we are told to walk in the spirit and not satisfy the desire of the flesh. That's why, as we were just told uh, earlier that Jesus is the author and the finish of our faith. We were told that we are to look at the things which uh, which cannot be seen with our natural eyes, but rather to focus on the spiritual, on what is eternal. Hallelujah. So we are not to allow ourselves, whatever the challenge is, to become uh, discouraged. Amen. Uh, To look at our our lives in in comparison to this high calling uh, that God has for us and get overwhelmed or get discouraged thinking that God is going going to demand that of us uh, or require that of us. And we will have to, on our own, be able to produce all of that. No, we can never do it. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. It is only through him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hallelujah, praise God. And so God is really reminding us that we must focus on his word, focus on his promises, and put all our energy in the purpose I mean, sorry, in the pursuit of our full purpose, knowing that his ability is within us. Amen. Secondly, when God comes to dwell in us, it doesn't matter whether we are 10 years old, whether we are 30, 50, 70, 80. Remember, Moses, God started using him at the age of 80. Amen. Therefore, it's never too late. God's gifts and callings are without repentance. Amen. His promises are eternal. We just saw that. His word endures forever. Praise God. And therefore, this ability to reproduce comes only if we acknowledge the seed that is in us and we remain connected to the seed. And it's so crucial for us to do that. Um, you see, the enemy um, wants, wants us to fail, okay? John ten ten. Satan has come to do what? Seal, kill, and destroy. Amen. But hallelujah, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. Praise God. And so we know that we have an enemy who already has caused mankind to fall, but Hallelujah, God in his goodness, his mercy, he's come and by his grace, he has restored those who put their faith in him. And now he's saying in order for us to accomplish his plans and his purposes for our lives, we are to get into, be submerged in him, in his word, submerged in his spirit, hallelujah. And, and that's the only way that we can guard God that we can keep, that we can protect what is ours because the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's go ahead and actually, um, probably this is our last, one last scripture here, Proverbs chapter four and
1: verse 23. Proverbs four, verse 23. It says, guard
0: your heart with what? All diligence. Notice the word all diligence, not some, all diligence. You see the enemy, he doesn't go to sleep. He's out there going around as a warring lion. What is he doing? Seeking whom he may devour. So the moment you let your guard down, that's exactly what the moment he was looking for, amen. So we are told to keep our heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life, amen. Praise God,
1: the enemy is fighting what is within the believer. This great potential, the
0: seed that is in us, he is fighting it. And he's doing it all by fighting the connection that we have to our God. So we must strive to always be spiritually connected to God to be led by the spirit, to walk in the spirit, hallelujah, and not satisfy the desires of the flesh. And the question that God has for us is, are we cultivating the seeds that have been planted, that he himself has deposited in us? It is a seed that can move mountains. And when we purpose to cultivate this seed, it will move the obstacles that are in our life, uh, which are hindering uh, us, hindering us from realizing this greatness that God has for us, amen. Um, It will, you know, blow out, bulldoze the hindrances that the enemy has tried to, and force in our spiritual walk. So the Lord is telling us not to be satisfied with a faith that is less than that, which can move a literal mountain. Why? Because he has said that with that kind of faith, if you have a faith as small as a mustard seed, you can command this mountain and it shall be cast into the sea. Hallelujah. So you see, there are no limitations put on us, put on any believer
1: in pursuit of our full purpose in Christ. What limits us is
0: our own faith, our own patience, our own diligence and our own discipline. And we must not
1: be, therefore, of those who get discouraged, but rather of those who resolve to walk in this full purpose in Christ. We must carefully weigh the cost and willingly come into agreement with God that we will pay the price, whatever
0: that is, because the results are exceeding abundantly above,
1: better than what we can think or ask for. So sacrificing all worldly ambitions and dreams and enduring
0: hardship, knowing how to walk with God are only for our profit. And by the grace of God, the spirit of God at work in us, we are well able to do it. Philippians 2 and verse 13 tells us that that it is God who works at us to make us willing and able to do his good pleasure. Again, it is not us. It is the spirit of God working in us as we yield to him. Hallelujah. And you know, this is our reason for being on this earth. We are not here to just find a treasure,
1: but to be a treasure to
0: God. Hallelujah. So ultimately, our success in Christ comes down to this. It's not the blessings that we have received or what we have gained, but the blessings that we have been to the King himself, King Jesus. And there is a point when our vision must be fulfilled and we attain to what we have seen. And this is our quest. And as we are told in Ephesians chapter four and verse 15, this is nothing less than the fact that we are to grow up in all aspects. Into him
1: who is the head, even Christ. Hallelujah. This is our quest to grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. This is how we not only
0: find the treasure, but we become a treasure to God.
1: Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, in every age, every
0: generation, Lord, you require that we renew our
1: mind with your word so that we can walk in the spirit, that we can walk as overcomers, our call, O oh
0: Lord, is to be transformed more and more into your image,
1: to pray, to stand in spiritual warfare, O oh God, to capture the vision that
0: you have for us and never surrender this vision to the enemy, whatever the, set, the temporary setbacks may be. Father, we pray for revelation for an unveiling of Jesus in every area of our lives. And even now, Father God, we ask for forgiveness, for focusing on ourselves, on our self efforts, focusing on the world and its ways,
1: oh God, and in doing so for disqualifying ourselves. Lord, we thank you that by your power at work in us, we are
0: well able to pull down the strongholds that have kept
1: us in a place much lower than what you have called us to. You have That have prevented us from
0: reaching out like the apostle Paul to this high calling that we have in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you that by embracing you By embracing all that we have for you, all that you have for us, oh God, by knowing the potential and being willing to cooperate with you in your word, by your spirit, that we can see right now the enemy falling in the name of Jesus. Therefore, as new creations in Christ, we say with faith that we we believe that we can and that we will walk with Christ in his grace and that we will go from glory to glory being continually transformed into his image for the glory, O Lord, of your most holy name and for our own rejoicing. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding Abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that this study has been a blessing to you. Please join us again next week as we go on to this second part of the message which is going to speak about what our life represents.
1: Amen. God bless you and have a good night.